If you guys would go ahead and take your Bibles out and uh, turn to Exodus chapter 14. And, uh, well, I think, uh, you know, when I was on the plane heading, out, heading back uh, to Enid, um, I wasn't really intending on preaching. Um, but, uh, so I landed, and then I got a phone call, or I got a text from preachers saying, uh, hey, you know, call me when you land, and, and I was like, uh, okay, I hope he's not here to pick me up, because <laughs> I already got my mom here. So, well, anyways, I called him, and, you know, he, he informed me that I was, I was preaching tonight. So, all right, <laughs> here we go. So, um, let's start, uh, let's start on the first verse, chapter 14, and then, uh, we'll, I'll go all the way down to approximately, uh, say, verse 4, f verse 13, and then I'll have you guys read the last verse with me on verse 13. So, uh, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pihiroth, between Migdal and the sea, over against Baal-Zephon. Before, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon uh, uh, Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the, Egyptian, the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that, uh, that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, uh, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his uh, people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all of the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with uh, in high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen, his army, and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Piha Hiroth before Bahalazephon. Uh, and when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt uh, thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it hath been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. And uh, altogether on verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you'll uh, use this message, Lord. I, uh, I didn't pray to speak of eloquence to be up here, Lord. I didn't, I didn't plan on getting up here and you know, ripping face to where or belittling, belittling someone. Lord, I just want to be a blessing. And Lord, I pray that you'll use this message in a great way. Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, a lot of today's society, you'll see um, uncertainty, um, doubt, if that's how you would word it. There's just a lot of doubt in the world. Um, lot, there's just a lot of crazy things going on. And I, I can relate to this passage of today of us not trusting the Lord like we should. And when you see that uh, the Lord gave the message to Moses saying that he needs to tell the children of Israel that they're going to encamp by the sea. Um, and he did so, and they did. Um, and I guess they were confused. They, were, they, weren't, they didn't really, I guess, want to do what Moses said to do, but they did it anyways. 
And then when they did it, they felt like they regretted it and they didn't trust the Lord. And so, uh, and you can see that in verse 10, that they, they clearly didn't trust the Lord because they were just became so afraid. Um, and immediately they start, started um, blasting uh, Moses, saying, you know, why, why did you do this to us? Why, I mean, did you just take us out here just to die? Um, and if you look in the chapter before, you know, Pharaoh had let them go. Um, and then they were led by a pillar of, of cloud and fire um, to where they were. And it's still, at, at the end of the day, like they were still doubting God. They were, not, they were not trusting the Lord like they ought to. And I truly believe, I think one of the reasons why we don't trust the Lord like we ought to is because maybe we don't know the Lord like we should. And if you'll turn with me to Psalms 139. Psalms 139 shows the omniscience of God. God knows everything. God knows you. God knows your thoughts. God knows your past sins, your mistakes. God knows. God knows. Verse first says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. And verse 17 it says, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I shall count them, they are more, more than the number of, uh, than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with thee. If you think about how much God thinks about you, it's more than the number of the sand. You know, if you take sand, you, you take your hand and, you know, you dip it into the sand and you, you, you do that little thing. Maybe you, you let it, you know, drip it onto the, to the ground. You know, all those little bits and pieces I mean, that makes up the sand, and it's talking about the whole sand of the world. I mean, I mean, that's how much God thinks about you. And God knows you, and God knows everything about you. So God, we, all, we know that you know, God knows our thoughts, and God knows our mistakes, and God is always there. God is omnipresent. If you look in Proverbs 15.3, uh, you might not have to turn with me, but I would like to at least be able to share it with you. Proverbs 15.3 says that uh, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Uh, God's everywhere. You can't hide from God. So God knows your thoughts. God knows everything about you. And, and yet you can't even escape him because he's everywhere. God's omnipresent. God, God is everywhere at once. Um, and I think if we were to know God, and, uh, and I guess I failed to give you the title of my message. Uh, the title is, You Need to Know God Before You Say No to God. And it's, it's, I, I guess it's, it's pretty hard to put your trust into someone when you don't know them. Maybe you need to know God. And God is real. God is, God is there. God obviously exists. He's created you. He, he knows your thoughts. He knows everything about you. He knows things that you might not want other people to know, but God already knows. And that's why it's, it's so important to be able to put your trust in the Lord because maybe like the children of Israel, I mean, believe it or not, I know it's pretty, like, you know, we can look at that and think, man, why, why, are, these, why are the children of Israel doubting God? Why? Why would they do that? Why were they so afraid of Pharaoh? Why were they so afraid? And I think the majority of it is, is fear. They let fear in. They let, they let fear creep into their faith. And I think one of the most important things about us is faith. And in the book of Hebrews, uh, there's a whole chapter of it in chapter 11, Hebrews 11. And it's dedicated to faith. So your faith is, the, is probably the most important thing about you because it is impossible to please God without faith. And to have faith, you know, you, it's, not, it's not okay to have fear. 
Because God didn't give you that spirit. God did, God did not give you the spirit of fear. And I don't know about y'all, but God, God's not done. God's not done doing a work. And it, I guess you could look uh, at what's going on in our country and what's going on in our school systems. And, and you know, uh, it's, it's easy to see, you know, that, you know, that men shall wax worse and worse, right? Well, it, it's, it is happening, but at the end of the day, like, God's not, God's not done working. God's still got a work to do. There's still souls to be saved. There's still people to, to be reached. There's still people to be brought into the church house. There's still a work to be done. And, and it's very exciting to me that when I see our teen church is growing, we've got 14 church, teens. That's the most we've had. I mean, God, that's, God's not done. God's doing a work. God's still working. And our, like, we don't have to have to have a church of 5,000 to be a successful church. That's not, it's not about the numbers. It's about pleasing God. So we know that God's om omniscient. We know that God's everywhere at once. And also, God, God's all-powerful. There is nothing that has more power than God. There is nobody that can perform more miracles than God. When someone gets saved, that's a miracle. When someone that, that you would think that would never go to church, because you know, we're judgmental in a way, but, but at the same time, you know, that's a miracle. You know, it's a miracle that someone would, would come to church. It's a miracle that they would ride our buses. That we, it's a miracle that we, we even get to wake up, that we get to. We get to wake up. We get to go to church. We get to serve God. And, and man, I, I, sometimes I, I fathom, you know, the children of Israel, like they got to see the pillar of, of the cloud and fire of God. They got, to see, they got to see what I would presume to be, you know, God. I mean, I, I, w I wish I could actually see God. Like, I, can, I, can, I know God's there, and I know I believe, I believe in him, and I'll always believe in him, and I know that my faith is, is in my, entrusted into Jesus Christ. But, man, like, they still saw, they saw what they saw, but they still doubted God. And, you know, you think about the, the, uh, the disciple with Jesus, Judas. You know, he was with Jesus, and he still sold him out. There's nothing and nobody that can hold power over you or the Lord because God's omnipotent. And Jesus said in Matthew 19, 24, that it is easier for a camel to go through uh, the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the, the kingdom of God. Um, but in verse 26, Jesus said that with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And, you know, and then God told Jeremiah in, in chapter 32, verse 27, that nothing was too hard for him. Uh, and, and that God is so powerful that being saved grants you the opportunity for the Lord to fight your battle. And, and that's how powerful God is. God can fight your, your battles. And we know, we, now we know God. I, I believe after somewhat of what I've read that, that we could all say that we know God is there. We know God's powerful. We know that God is all-knowing. And you, you, know, you have no reason to, to not trust God. You know that God's there for you. Um, you know, I think it's important to respond to God and, and be close to him. Um, you know, God is the I am, not you. God is the all-knowing, not us, not me. And this is, I'm preaching to myself more than anything. Um, so I have a few questions. Do you know how much God thinks about you? Do you know the life that God will give you if you put your trust in Him? Do you know? Do you know God? To be saved is not just going to church. To be saved is not just being nice to others. To be saved is not doing good things. To be saved is not 
um, going out in the world and, and just helping others. To be saved is simply by putting your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. And I think you need to know Jesus Christ. You, I mean, and I don't know, I mean that's, that's my best friend. That's my brother. That's why I'm here today. That's why I'm serving God. That's why I believe I am where I am. And by the grace of God, I am what I, what I am. And I, I thank God for everything that, that has happened to me. And, and the, most, this, the, the, the verse that I really want to focus on for the rest of the time would be uh, verse 13. It says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, uh, which he will show you in today. For the Egyptians who have you seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. You know, M Moses said, Fear ye not. Stand still. And, and I believe this, it's, this is passages in the Bible that we can relate to it by saying, you know, there's no reason to fear. Standing still. I mean, how amazing is that? that um, and I think if you go into the, to the, to the passage, I believe, let's see, the Egyptians was... So I didn't read the Bible. Oh, let me see. Well, I know a great miracle was, was performed right after this is whenever, he crossed, whenever the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. And that was after they stood still. That's, what, that's after they trusted the Lord. You see, you've got to trust the Lord and then just take the step of faith and then you will see that, that God provides. God provides after your step. You've got to take the step of faith. And to let God fight your battles is for you to not worry and for you to not fear and for you to not take hold. Um, you know, God is not, God doesn't like pride. You know, it's pretty easy for us to say, you know, especially as men, we want to take the lead and we want to say, you know, it's all us. And, you know, we did this and we, you know, it's easy for us to get a proud look. But in Proverbs, it, God doesn't like a proud look. God doesn't like pride. Um, and, I, and I know a lot, of, a lot of sermons I've heard, you know, a lot of times it's, it's said that pride is the mother's sin of all sins. But uh, a proud look is not something that God likes. And to know, so, you know, we should know God. We should know that God is all-powerful, that He is uh, omniscient, that He's always there, that He's all-knowing. Um, but we should also know what, what God doesn't want as well. We know what He wants. He wants from us. He wants our faith and He wants our trust. But what He doesn't want is He, he doesn't want us to be prideful. He doesn't want us to, um, to, to, to look upon others and think that we're better. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 23, 11, that he, is the, he that is the greatest among you shall be your servant. And I think to be, to know God is to also try to be like God. And to be like God is to be Christ-like. Because Jesus is God, Jesus is King. And, and, Je and to be like Jesus is to be a servant. The greatest servant that had ever walked this earth was Jesus Christ. And to be like Jesus is to serve others. Um, when was the last time that you served someone? When was the last time that you might have done something for someone else? Um, I catch myself uh, a lot that... I'm thinking about myself, my problems, you know, my stress, my, my, my finances, my school. Um, but I think some of the times that you can get the best encouragement is when you do something for someone else, which is why I think the Lord really showed us that whenever he um, was kneeling down and washing his disciples' feet. And he, you know, Jesus did so much for you, and there's no reason for you to not stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Because so the salvation of the Lord is, is amazing. The salvation of the Lord is God providing. The salvation of the Lord is, 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 is simple. It's a simple thing. It's not, it's not complicated. It's not something that you need to, uh, to overthink about. It's, it's very simple. You know, being humble, keeping his commandments in John 14, 15. Be ye a follower of Christ. Be, being, be a follower of Christ. And to be a follower of Christ is to be also like Christ and to trusting in Christ. And I would, 
I'm not going to say that 100% every single person here is saved, but I, I think, I, I would assume that most of us are. And so I think the next step is not, not just trusting Christ, but to follow him and to actually put forth the action. You know, the Bible says to not only, not be hearers of the word only, but doers. And so to do is to, to go soul winning. Go soul winning. You know, it, you know, do you have a New Testament? Do you have, um, the, I mean, I think we have the tools of the church to provide for those that, um, that need to go soul winning. We have the transportation. We have the schedule. We have, the, we have everything. And I think if you've never been soul winning, um, it's just simply <laughs> getting in the van, going out into the neighborhood, knocking doors, and, and witness to someone. Give, give the gospel. Because um, there's somebody that did that for me. And maybe I wouldn't be standing here if, if, if I hadn't heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm, I believe I'm, I'm most thankful for. Um, and, you know, I said it wasn't this, this wasn't really going to be a fancy, fancy sermon. I really didn't plan on getting up here to, to look, look good or look cool, I guess. Uh, but I think the biggest truth out of this is you need to know God before you can say no to God. Because your life was never yours in the first place. You need to know God. And if you want to trust God, the more you put your faith in God, the more you trust him, the more easier it is to, to be a doer of the word. The more easier it is to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So, as uh, I, I know this is kind of a, a shorter message than what most of you would presume, but um, I'm not. I think what I'll what I'll conclude with is to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, and let Him fight your battles, and trust in Him, and to know God. You need to know God before you can say no to God. It's good. We need to. Sometimes we, we we get in our own way. We don't take time to really know God. Knowing God is more than just being a born again believer. It's a lot more to salvation than that. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray, and then we're just gonna open it up the invitation for you to come and. And uh, get on this altar and get to know God. Amen. Get to know God. Maybe God wants you to do something around here. Maybe God's working on your heart about serving in a ministry or getting back into the area that you were serving in or uh, whatever the case is. And you've been fighting with God and you've been telling Him no. And, and, uh, and God already knows about it anyway. He's got all the power and He's able to get you through the process. Quit saying no to God and just know Him. Amen. So I'm going to pray for you, and then Brother Mark's going to play some music for us, and we'll come tonight.